Welcome back to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology, where our goal is to highlight certain Christian doctrines and uh, their beauty and glory and truthfulness, and hopefully that leads to worship and adoration of God. I am Skylar Spradlin, and you are Larry Jones, still the one, the only, the effervescent with a sparkling personality. You know, you've used that term for yourself many times. Effervescent? What does it mean? I don't think I've used it very often. I think you've used it a few times. You've used it at least three times. I think we've looked it up. Are you going to look it up? Yeah, how do you spell it? I Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> I think it's a glowing personality. Uh, here. That's what I think. Bubbling. Bubbling. Yeah, that, that that's me. Mr. Bubbles. Giving off <laughs> bubbles <laughs> of gas. What? High-spirited, vivacious. Okay, I'll take the high-spirited ones. Wow. Anyways, but here we good. are. It's good to be here. You always think it's good to be here. It's, the I world like, could be on fire, and you would say it's good I to be like here. meeting in the morning, doing this in the morning time, morning hours. Well, I mean, because I'm a morning person, that doesn't mean anything to the listener. Well, it could. Sometimes in the afternoon, you're tired and you're dragging down, and you kind of, okay, we're gonna do a podcast. But in the morning, you're still fresh. You've had a good night's rest. You maybe had a time in the word in the morning, and it's a good time to breakfast. Breakfast. It's a good time to have a podcast. Well, okay, if you say so. Yeah, I'm a morning person. You're in charge here, Skippy. Are you a morning person? Yes. Good. I do most of my good study in the mornings. Most of the people around me, however, are not. Oh, same here. My house, it's different. Even most of my friends, except you, you're you're another morning person. Okay. That's why we get up and go fish sometimes. That's why we can get up and go fish. <laughs> well, not right now. <clears throat> Let's I go w- fish. I wonder if the lake's frozen. Yes. It's been below zero for at least parts of it are. The Anyways. Deep parts, the deep parts are not frozen, but the shallow parts are. That doesn't matter to anybody but us. Um, and it didn't really matter to me anyway. I kind of like to go see it. We are picking up where we left off last time. Yes, we are. Talking about the means of grace. And we worked through a list of about 11 things. Well, we worked through half of them. Right. And, um, you want me to recite the ones we've went through? I mean, we can. Some of these I don't particularly agree with. Yes. Because I would say... made perfectly clear last week. I would say they are means of grace, uh, but I would rather focus more on the means of grace in the context of a local church, because I think that's really... Where he's kind of putting this. Yes. Well, um, we went through teaching the word, mm-hmm. the local church, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baptism, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. local church. Mm-hmm. The Lord's Supper, uh-huh. mm-hmm. absolutely Lord's, uh, local church. Mm-hmm. Prayer for one another. The one another part. Yeah. That can be, or it can be outside the church, but it's still amongst the body of believers. And worship is the last one we covered last week. All right, so we did have um, someone by request suggest we come back to the topic of prayer. Prayer. 
Did you we request kinda, it, or did someone else request it? No, somebody it? else, and I, I agree. I think they're right. We kind of we did skim over it, and it might be one of the most important means of grace yes. that we get to enjoy. It is very meaningful. Um, also, it, way back there last year, we covered that. Well, I mean, yeah, 18. you can go look look up anything. But if it you is want, one of the very important things, and I think it's truly a blessing. Well, and I think especially if we talk about it as praying for one another. Yeah. I yeah. mean, th- that that is one of the great gifts of belonging to the church. Yeah, it is. And it's actually following, I think, the mandates of God. He wants us to pray. He commands us to pray. He welcomes yeah. us into his presence. Absolutely. And uh, it is truly a blessing to be able to just step into God's presence and just tell him how much we love him and uh, how grateful we are for our salvation. And it humbles us. It keeps us humble. Yes. It's not like uh, we get to just start making a request. It's an opportunity to worship. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to maybe how we should have started redefining the means of grace here for everybody who didn't listen last week. We're talking about... Not ways that we earn favor with God, but channels through which grace comes to us. And my definition is more so where we get to more readily enjoy the graces of God. Okay, yeah. And prayer is certainly one of those. So Yes, it is. You can still be a Christian and not pray. Well, I mean go through a season <laughs> of lacking in prayer. Yes, but you're not going to enjoy yeah. the you're not going to enjoy the grace or blessing of fellowship with God. Right. Exactly. And and that's true for all these other things. You can still be a Christian and go through seasons of not being around this or doing this, but you're not going to be growing as a Christian. You're not going to be enjoying yeah. your faith or your fellowship with the Father. Sure. And chances are if you're not growing, you're falling backwards. Uh, you yeah. probably start getting into more sin than you would have had you been doing what God calls us to do. Come yeah. to him in prayer and come to him in worship and yeah. uh, attend church. and That's all hear, correct. Hear dynamic preaching, stuff like that. Well, I yeah, and I think there's... As there's, God inspires the pastor to, to speak. I don't know about inspires, but there is something uniquely special in the preaching moment i agree i agree so we have what like five or six more things to cover real quick and then we want to end with a question yes we do so we're going to go we're going to cover prayer some more or Uh, did we just do it i kind of thought we just did it (laughs) okay i mean what there's we could say infinite things about prayer yeah and how much of it a, a blessing it is. Yeah, it's it's some of my most intimate times with God is when I've been in prayer. Yeah, it provides uh, sobriety of mind. It provides comfort for the heart, peace. Yeah. Joy in the presence of Christ. Conviction. Well, I mean, yeah, the, I, the graces are, are endless. When you start to realize where you're at when you're praying, spiritually speaking, yeah. And uh, what is what is happening here and, 
and who you are in front of. We're in front of Almighty God and the creator of the universe and, and the world and that he loves us and that he cares for us. It yeah. humbles the heart and, and it just makes us um, grateful, eternally grateful for what he's done. It also is one of the first, most natural, most tangible expressions of our faith. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the first meeting point that we have with our Savior. Yes, I agree. And so all these other things we can meet with the Savior in the midst of them, but but prayer stands alone in that regard. If salvation is making us right with God, yes, then prayer is is really the first and fundamental step of that reconciliation. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking acknowledgement. I don't know if that's the right word, but well, I'm trying to convey like I mean, I mainly mean like prayer is the is the best expression of the <clears throat> relational aspect of our salvation, and okay. it's it's yeah. the fullest aspect of our relational salvation until we get to heaven. Yeah. It doesn't get closer or more intimate than prayer until we're glorified with Christ. That's right. Yeah, we can we can feel uh, bubbly as we're in as we're having uh, singing songs of worship, or as we're hearing uh, God's word proclaimed. Uh, but both of those kind of wane uh, in comparison to prayer. Yeah, it's it's the it's the one it's when you go in deeper. Well, it's the one time where we are communing back and forth with the Father. Yeah. All right, what are the others? Okay, the next one list? is church discipline. And Which you know, we have covered and you before. You know you need church discipline in your life. Yeah. Or discipline in your life. <laughs> you don't need well, church discipline. You need discipline. Well, I think brother. I think church discipline can be considered in two two levels. I think there's one implied, but there's also one more explicit that most people mean, and I think the scriptures mean when they refer to church discipline. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, and it's when uh, when a, uh, a Christian, or maybe he's not a Christian, is in an unrepentant sin and in your church and proclaiming to be a Christian, uh, that's, a, that's no bueno. Yeah, and if they're um, you confronted, maybe a bit heavy, but if they're confronted or they're they're uh, sought after to repent, uh, and they know it's plain and clear and even public that this is a sin against God, brings right, reproach on right. Christ and the church. So we're not talking about all the sins of a person's life. We're talking about. Of course these serious egregious things that are plain in the scriptures and a yes. person is defiantly unwilling to give them up. Right. The and, discipline and the part is removed them from the church. To reconcile a brother. <clears throat> yeah. Or, it's, and it's also to keep the purity of the church in yeah. the view of uh, society. It's, it's this last kind of warning. Right. And there's a procedure you follow. You know, you, you go to them privately first, and then, then you take a brother with you, and then 
maybe do that two or three times and then at all at the end if nothing works then you have to take it to the church and let the church i have found a, a right understanding of church discipline hinges upon a right understanding of church membership if you don't care about church membership then church discipline really isn't that big a deal but if you believe that church membership is at its core an affirmation of a person professing faith in Christ, then to discipline somebody is a massive spiritual issue. So if a person was not a church member, uh, then if you were to go to them as you would to any brother or sister. Yeah, I think you can still do that, but the church doesn't bear any any kind of authority over them to remove them. Yeah. What are they removing them from? And if you make them feel bad, they say, okay, I'll just leave. Yeah, I'm so not locked into this church anyway. If membership is at its core an, an affirming of a church upon a person's profession of faith, so far as we're able to tell, yeah. then when a church removes somebody from their fellowship, they're saying we can no longer affirm that that person really is a Christian. Right, right. So it's it's supposed to be a wake-up call to the unrepentant person to try to get them to repentance. Right, That right. the church no longer believes you're actually a Christian. This is a big deal. Uh, but it's also, like you said, a lesson to everybody else. The church only is for born-again sinners. Right. Not perfect people, but but people who are in Christ. Right. So you're calling me a sinner. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you and me both. Okay. And every other listener out there. Okay. There's also an atmosphere. I just want to touch on it. An atmosphere of discipline that should exist in the church where we're striving for holiness. Yes. We're doing the spiritual disciplines. Not like this doomsday atmosphere where we're under threat all the time, but just general striving. The church should be a place of general striving. Right. Striving to please God and love each other. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, you ready? Next yeah. one is giving. I know it's a topic you don't normally uh, express many views on, although I know you have some. That's true. All of that is true. So, uh, so what is giving to you in the uh, in the body of Christ in the church? Well, I assume we're talking financially. Uh, yes. Or materially. I mean, I guess you could expand it out. We're not talking giving about... Giving of your time yeah. and giving of your talents and this, what the Holy Spirit's given you to bless the church. You I'm going to assume that's all under the heading of service. Okay. And so now we're talking about money, money. Money and material things, yeah. Well, I think God wants, from the New Testament generous cheerful givers that is right out of the bible just simple isn't it it is maybe i should have the word regular there but i think if you're cheerful you're probably doing that regularly yeah i think so i I think the bible teaches and i know it does that you know the first day of the week as you gather together you you bring your your offerings 
uh, I don't want to use the word tithe. Tithe is kind of an Old Testament numerical number. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good starting point. I don't think it's a New yeah. Testament prescription. It's a good concept, but, you know, I would think when God's giving us everything we have, it all belongs to him. And we are just stewards of what he's given us. So I think we need to give as God has directed us. Yeah, and I think people miss the blessing that's built into giving. It is here a means of grace. Yes. Uh, Like church discipline is a grace from God to protect us from falling into sin. Giving is a grace of God where we enjoy participation in the work of God. Right. Would you say a Christian who is a regular attender or a member of a church and does not give is a Christian who has an area of sickness. Absolutely. They're, I think they're hurting themselves, yeah. Or they're just not, I mean, frankly, they're not obedient. But also they're missing out, again, on a means of grace right, here. Right, right. And I think some some believers um, who may not be giving now but want to, but because of some bad decisions that they made in the past, uh, keep them from giving. Yeah. Uh, that's different than somebody who just feels no no compulsion right. to give so to the Lord. The Bible balances wisdom and wise stewardship, you know. Um, so we're not saying give to the point where you've given yourself into poverty. Kind of thing, but we are saying that the Bible teaches us to bring and and bear all of our resources for the sake of the kingdom. Right. And so, you know, even with our poor decision making, we may not be able to give as much as we want to. Yeah. But we're still able to give something, especially in our context. We are. Yeah. We're a wealthy, we're a wealthy people. Yeah. And we have a lot of materials, and so if that's giving something you already own, or if that's giving $5 a month or something, at least yeah. you're giving. At least you're contributing to the ministry of the church for the sake of Christ. Right. And that's just something each person must deal with between them and the Lord, I assume. Yeah, I think you're, I think the amount can change and shift over time as life changes and shifts. But are you doing it, and are you being generous with it? That's the question. Yeah. Or are you... Kind of spending it on yourself, hoarding it to yourself. Are you building your own little kingdom? Yeah. We want to be building the kingdom of God. And I think um, we should be generous in other places. Above Talk about our time ab- and well, I mean, that ab- kind of stuff. I'm saying above what we give to the church, we should give to other worthy causes. As God gives direction. Yeah. And sometimes that's through the church, right? So sometimes, sometimes that's... Here's what I regularly give, but they're taking up a love offering for this. I'm going to give a little extra for that. Right, right. There's, there's again, grace from God and enjoying uh, your your con- contribution to the work of the kingdom. That's a very good thing in God's yeah, eyes. Is. Okay, the next one is spiritual gifts. We better pick it up. Spiritual gifts. Uh, I'll start talking faster. Yes, <laughs> well, g- gifts are uh, <laughs> gifts that God gives us to uh, build up the body. 
Yes. So they're not to be spent for you, and yet there is a blessing in using and exercising your gifts for the sake of the church and in people, the context of the church. People need to f- figure out their gifts, ask others what they are, and and use those for God's glory, for the yeah, kingdom. Yeah, find great joy in serving God through the unique way that he's gifted you to do it. Right. Um, and man, that, that just spurs on growth and confidence and... Uh, purpose and meaning in life that again the graces there are are pretty unending right okay the next one is fellowship how many more do we have uh i don't know at least two fellowship and one more at least okay and then he mentions something at the end but we don't probably need to go into that well, we have a question we want to get to, at least okay. briefly. So let's do fellowship quickly and then evangelism. Well, the graces, I would say, are in fellowship, are the, the being around the people of God. You're influenced by the people of God. You get to witness the example of other saints right. who are stronger in some areas. You get to be an example to other saints where you're stronger than they are. Uh, again, it's all spurring you on to greater adoration of, of Christ. And fellowship here means more than just eating a pot like dinner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about spending time with the people of God, and so often, that's how God loves on us and takes care right, of us. Right. I uh, I walk with a brother a couple of times a week, and during that time, we we talk to each other about the Lord, and we uh, uh, Grudem says to stir up one another. Yeah. Encourage one another. So all those things kind of come into play, and it's good. We talk about Jesus. It's good. And the next one is evangelism. Oh, man. What, what else? Service and fellowship and evangelism. Those three kind of put you right in the shoes of Jesus. That's what he right. did. Right. And I think we need to be always looking forward to an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody else. That ought yeah. to be, you know, the Bible describes Satan as a as a lying, seeking those he can devour. And I think we need to have passions similar uh, that we might share the gospel with those who are actually lost and on their way to an eternity of not only separation but torment. Yeah, absolutely. So we need to uh, grasp that idea and share the gospel. Yeah. And if you don't feel confident in sharing the gospel, learn something. Practice it. Yeah, yeah. practice it. I used to do that while I, while I would drive down the street. While I drive to work, I had an hour drive. Just make up conversations. I would put somebody in the seat next to me and I'd share the Jesus with them. Yeah. Okay. What's the question? The question, if a person claims Christianity and does not belong to a church family, are they missing God's grace? Yes. Okay. That's Andrew. Not that belonging to a church is how you get saving grace. No, it's not. But if you are a mutated Christian stagnant deformed and and not healthy it is possible to be saved and not be in a local church but you will continue to be mutated and deformed and unhealthy right i I like to experience the joy of salvation and i don't know that you can experience the joy of salvation without the fellowship of other believers congregated together worshiping your holy father and sharing how good Jesus is. Yeah, life life in the local church is is where um 
It's where God builds us up. Yeah. Trains us, conforms us to Christ. I think that's his intent for us. Yeah. Uh, well, I know it's his intent for us to yeah. fellowship together. Jesus said, you'll know they're my disciples if they have love for one another. Yeah. And he lavishes all of his goodness on us in that setting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not a member, a committed member to a local church, you're missing out. Yes, I agree. We're out of time. You want to pray for us? Yes, I will pray. Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful for who you are and how wonderful and magnificent you are and how mighty you are, how loving and kind and just you are, uh, that you would consider us insignificant individuals, sinners who are your enemies, and yet you brought us back to salvation. You brought us to you uh, through your Son. And we praise you and thank you for that. And Lord, we do ask you to uh, be with us. Uh, help us to be bold in our witnessing. Help us to uh, be be joyful in our church membership, in our church fellowship with each other, and help us to walk in obedience. We love you and thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.